podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello, Merry Christmas. Welcome back after Christmas break. Uh, once again to Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, the Westerer is Bestera podcast. Joining me as always is Big M. How are we, Mart? How are things? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Brilliant Christmas. Just fed up with the mess of all the toys everywhere now. <laughs> uh, see, mine are a bit bigger. I I don't have mess. I just have the stroppiness. I just have the, why do I have to get up before midday? That's that's yeah. what I get now. Why can't I have chocolate for breakfast, Dad? Yeah, I get all of that now. <laughs> so it would be lovely to sit and, and discuss Christmas and the happiness and the joy that Christmas brings. But then... Straight after Christmas comes Boxing Day, and that kind of ruined it for me. So, so we're we're, we're going to skip the the happiness and the cheeriness and the joy that that that, that was there, and we're going to discuss Boxing Day. And before we do, you know, I'm just going to let our listeners know that up until now, we've we've always tried to kind of make it family friendly. We tried to, you know hold back on some of the language and and make it so that you know everyone can listen to it and you don't have to worry about put it on in a car if the kids are there and all of that kind of malarkey so this week if your kids are listening um this is not one for the kids to listen to this is yeah that's how bad that game was that's how bad that referee was that if you want to listen to this podcast send your kids out the room now because it was bollocks, is what it was. That referee was fucking bollocks. Absolutely. Oh, you've gone straight in, well fucking, well oh, I, I tell you what, mate. He, from that first decision, yeah, bef- even before the red card, yeah, from the kickoff, where um, there was a bit of back and forth, Webb went to kick it. So he knocks it backwards. Fine, fair enough, but then the referee stops Fafita from charging. Yeah, he he turns to Fafita and he says, "No, leave," as if the ball is still in the ruck and the ball isn't in the ruck because the ball is out. No. So straight away, three minutes in, instead of us attacking the ball in the Ospreys twenty-two, which is where we should have been. Yeah, like he he could have been through on that one. Webb gets another go to to clear it. So from from that point on, that was three minutes in. I was I was livid with him all the way through the game because it was decision after decision after decision that was just nowhere near. It, it wasn't even the fifty-fifty calls. You know, you can forgive some of the fifty-fifty calls. These were hundred percent calls. This is the rule. You're not applying the rule. You know, that's and and you're only applying it in favour of the Ospreys. There was nothing in that game where you looked at and you went, Scarlet's have got away with one there. Nothing. Not a single decision. It's like going back to Nigel Owens right from these games, isn't it? Yeah, but Nigel used to do it, yeah, where, like, Nigel kind of lived within the, the Scarlet's kind of um, catchment area. So when Nigel did it, and he was quite open about it, he said he he. he wasn't fond of referee in the Scarlets because it put him in an awkward position. So he kind of overcompensated against the Scarlets to make sure that he was seen as independent. Yeah. Craig Evans used to play for Neath. Yeah. How the hell is someone who played for some of the Neath teams at the junior level? He lives in Swansea Valley, apparently. Yeah. The, the, the commentators before the game said that he's happy with this because he's a local boy and five minutes and he's home, you know. And if he's part of the 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 Osprey setup, how the hell is he referee in that game? Yeah, he cannot be independent, and it's not the first time he's done it. You know, it's it's not the first time he's done it. it if you remember Cardiff. Couple of seasons ago, Christmas time uh, as well. His Cardiff game is usually the New Year game, but he did exactly the same thing there. It was away in Cardiff, and just every time we touched the ball, 
he penalized us you know and take take the red card out of that game on uh, on boxing day yeah just so remove that decision and the yellow card for owen williams and you've still got about 10 incidents in that game where he didn't apply the rules equally and that's just he should be removed from refereeing certainly for a referee in welsh games he he should not be involved in welsh games again because he was that bad yeah well, there are no excuses and i know the clubs have got the proper channels to go through and obviously Dwayne spoke up briefly after the game because mm-hmm. this this isn't even just a one-off thing for us we're, we're talking something more like 11, 12 cards a season now and yeah. when they've reported them after I, I think about a third of them have been rescinded rescinded as in you know oh, we, yeah. we shouldn't have given them for that yeah so it, it, it just it, it blows the mind a bit that one team can have you know more than two decisions be told are wrong in the space of a season let alone three or four in the space of half a season yeah. it, it just it just doesn't make sense it, it I, I'm not going to say there's obviously some form of bias against us, but it does seem that way. Mm. And I don't want to say that. I, I, I don't want to be sad you talking about the referee. I, that's the one thing I hate as a fan, is talking about the referee. That's the only thing, if I ever watch a game or talk about it, that's the only thing I don't want to do. Yeah. It just makes you sound bitter. And yeah. to a point, after watching that game, I am very bitter. Yeah, me just, too. Just because me... I, I, I like to listen to what, they, what they're saying when they're talking about potential reds or potential yellows. And you're listening to the exact word and how they're explaining it. And the first thing he said, not the first thing, but one of the things he said with Lozana is there's no dip, there's no... You can see him... Okay, it's not substantial, but you can't see him dip before yeah. he goes into contact. <clears throat> and how Reece... can you blatantly say that? Mm. Well, Reese Davis is six foot eight. Thomas Lozana is five foot nine. There's a foot difference between them. How do they make head contact if he isn't dipping? Yeah, Lozana, you can see his knees are clearly bent. Yeah, and his hip is bent, so he's waiting to accept contact and go back. You know, the guy that's running at him is a foot taller and three stones heavier. He isn't going to put a dominant tackle in there. He's going to accept that tackle, roll him back, and try to roll the ball to our side. Yeah? So to say that that's attempting a dominant tackle just shows that Craig Evans had no idea about what was going on in that game at all. Yeah? He's a foot um, taller. It, it's not even... It's just that now... This is more than just Craig Evans. This is going on to the lawmakers now when we go on to look at... Costy and the Owen Williams clash, and he's saying, "Oh, it's a passive tackle; it's low force. It doesn't matter whether the force is coming from the carrier or the tackler. There mm. is force involved in that contact. Yeah, it, it shouldn't matter where it comes from." And I said, "Oh, he stepped. It doesn't matter. You look at that back angle. Owen Williams is ready to tackle. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he takes a step. He should be in position to tackle. He just stands there and just lets him run into him. That is more dangerous in my eyes than what Lozana did. Because mm. Lozana was waiting to accept the tackle and roll him back, which is what he did in that tackle. Yeah, it, it, when you when you roll that tackle through, he accepts contact and rolls him. Yeah, so. There is no dominance in that. A dominant tackle is where you start at the, the, the tackle line and the tackling player goes forward. That's a, that's the definition of a dominant tackle, yeah. whether it's one inch or three foot. Yeah, a dominant tackle is where you go forward from the line of contact. So, Lozana ended up rolling backwards because he would have done, because the guy's he's a big guy and he's, he's that heavy. You know, he's come through it. Whereas, as I say, with Costello, again, Costello is smaller than um, Owen Williams. Costello is one of the smallest players on the pitch. So to say that, that, again, both players were standing up is wrong because Owen Williams wasn't. He was going forward into a dominant tackle and Costello ended up coming backwards. Owen Williams ended up going forwards. 
cost loads up with the HIA. Cost loads up now for probably um, the next game, definitely, and possibly the yeah, game it, after. It, it depends on what sort of HIA he's, he's taken. It's either, if we're lucky, it's the seven days and he just misses the Cardiff game. No, the, dra- the Cardiff game, the Dragons game. Dragons game but yeah. if he if he's on the, the, the 12 day, you know, the you know, the minimum standards they've now said that's that's dragons and cardiff out. And yeah. we've seen with players before, we don't even have to we don't have to look very far. We look at Kabi, what a concussion yeah. can do to a player. Yeah. And this this is a tw- this is a twenty one year old kid. Yeah. No, and man. you know, the referee is with all the fuss they make nowadays about protecting the player in, you know, the the head injury and contact, how can you turn around and say that that wasn't this, you know, like you say, if anything, that was worse than the Lozana tackle, and it's just bullshit. It's bullshit from start to 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 finish that you cannot apply. If you if you map the two tackles next to each other, they are virtually identical. When the only difference is the way the player ends up. Yeah, so it's difficult to do it because Costello's going left to right and and um. Uh, Reese going right to left, so it's difficult to map, map them over. But when you look at them, they're virtually mirror images of the same tackle. The difference is is that Costello goes backwards, and Osweiss player goes forwards. Yeah, I mean, Davis. Yeah, I, Davis. In, in my mind, I honestly thought that Lizana did enough to you know get away with the yellow. You no, know, I I thought that was going to be a yellow, and okay, the red was there. Okay, it's a bad decision um, if, from my point of view. But then 20 minutes later, and to see if, if Owen Williams had a red I, I, and the result was the same, I wouldn't be able mm. to say anything. I, I'd be here, mm. uh, you know, okay, we, we lost, you know, we, we've taken a backward step for you. But it has had, he's, he's judged the, the same thing, the head contact, in two completely different And mm. I, I don't understand how. As a ref and as a team of referees, you know the four of them, the two touch judges and the TMO along with him can come to those decisions. Yeah, nobody challenged Craig Evans. Nobody from that referee team challenged Craig Evans on any of his decisions throughout that game. Yeah, every single one of them when he said, "Oh, has anybody got anything else or is anything any different?" Nobody said a word. And actually, what they should have been saying was, "Well." Do you want to have another look at this? Yeah. Do you want to have another look at that? So yeah, be- for me, be- he's doing this. For me, he's doing yeah. that. Yeah. But before, um, so before the Ospreys' first try, yeah. Um, so Lozana's off the pitch. The I I think it's Owen Williams is coming into. Um, no, actually, it's Kieran Williams is coming into. Um, Jonathan Davis, Costello wraps him, puts him on the floor, rolls away. Jonathan Davis comes over the top of the ball, strips the ball, yeah, and is sitting there and then passes the ball back, ready to clear. And he calls him for not releasing. And he points to Jonathan Davis and he says, You didn't release the player. And Jonathan Davis is like, I, I wasn't the tackler. And the tackler was actually stood up next to me in the defensive line. So the player is on the floor. I've stripped the ball. How am I how am I not releasing? I've got nothing to release. I'm not the tackler. And when he challenged him, he went back ten. Yeah. Now from that, from that penalty, so that should have been, if anything, that should have been a Scarlet's penalty for not releasing on the floor and clear the ball up to the halfway line. Job done. Yeah. What actually happened was that was a, an Ospreys penalty, kick to the corner, line out, drive, blah blah blah, a couple of phases, and they're in, yeah, and and that's what I mean. It's not just about that red card decision. There were decisions on every single part of that game that should have gone the other way. He, he didn't even come back and review it. He didn't even come back. Yeah, when Jonathan Davis is standing there and and he said to the ref. Can you take a look at that? And as captain, he, he has right to do that. Yeah. And he went back ten. Yeah. And I so somebody on on 
Twitter or Facebook was going, Jonathan Davis is getting a bit narky with the referee. Fucking right he is. Because, do you know what? If he doesn't, then, and you know, we were talking about this earlier in the season where actually Jonathan Davis needs to be in the the, the referee's ear a bit more. Yeah. He is absolutely in the year now, yeah? And at some point, those referees are going to go, well, yeah, what he's Why? got a point. Yeah. Because yeah? that was the first try. On the second, on Reese Webb's try, you look at Reese Webb's try, why is there an acre of space around the side of the ruck? Because Thomas Francis comes, hits the side of the ruck and takes Fafita, who wasn't even in the ruck. So Francis drags Fafita into the ruck. So he's not entering at the back of the ruck. He's taken a player from outside the ruck into the ruck. Yeah. So that's obstruction. And he's created a gap for Reese Webb to run through inside the 22, which he does. Not even reviewed. And that's not even the first time in the game it happened. Mm. It happened very blatantly later on. I'm not sure which Ospreys player it was, but it was with Javan. And he was literally, he was standing by the ruck and one Osprey player just grabbed onto his leg. and just, He weren't part of the ruck. Yeah. He just held onto his leg and he was shouting at the ref. He was bashing at that arm. And the ref just looked at him and went, eh. yeah, can't... and shrugged well, shoulders. There was one ruck where Jack Morgan was coming across the pitch. Yeah, so it's uh, Scarlet's ruck. Scarlet's are taking the ball in, and the referee stands at the side. The referee tries to place himself, you know, pretty much on the line or behind. If you can see, it's an obvious... Um, right, Scarlet's taking the ball in, and it's going to be a Scarlet's ball. He tries to put himself, you know, out of the way so that Scarlet's can play the ball. So referee stood on the, the, the line, yeah, so this is in the half uh, halfway between. Jack Morgan pushes the ref out of the way and hits the side of the ref, uh, the side of the ruck. Yeah, not not coming round the back. He goes in at the side. He moved the referee out of the way so he could go into the ruck. Yeah, which didn't affect the ruck. It slowed it up a bit, but it, it so it prevented us from playing quicker ball. Yeah, because he then got taken out. But again, that was on about the halfway line. That should have been a penalty, and the way Patch was kicking, that's just, you know we're now attacking in their twenty-two. Whereas instead, what happened was it was slow ball, and it went out. It went another two phases, and we lost the ball in a turnover. And so when people say, "Oh, you know, it was just a couple of decisions," it wasn't a couple of decisions. You know, they were important decisions that affected that game. You you cannot turn around and say Ospreys won that game because you can't judge whether Ospreys were a better team or not. You can judge that the referee gave. Well, I've counted ten decisions that affected the influence, the, the outcome of that game. Yeah, they, there, was another, there was another tackle jackal with Jonathan Davis, where you know he, he got pinged for not releasing again, hmm. and you could just see his left arm was just was flailing. It wasn't holding on to nothing, and he tried to use that as you know evidence of not releasing. But you, you, there needs to be actual physical contact holding on to the player to really to be uh, you know uh, to be classed as not releasing but if, if your arm is just resting on someone you're not you're not holding them down you know yeah. it's 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 the class it's the classification of, of the law book and how different refs uh, apply it to different teams and I, I wish we could say it was only as this happens against it does happen to other teams with other refs and you know, you can go onto fans' forums, you can look up any sort of um, grievances, and you do see it a lot, which may, may always makes it worse. Because mm. if it was this ref, okay, he gets pulled up for this, this, and this consistently, you know, fine, there is issues, there is work-ons, we'll do that. But when they're only coming up against certain teams, that that's what does my nut in. Mm. Well, the bit for me, um, so Osprey's uh, not their last try, but the the uh, one that kind of took the game. Um, so they're, they're in our twenty-two. They've got a ruck. Two, so three players separate, still attached to each other at the back of the ruck. One of them falls over. Two of them are tight as hell, running forward. They got a five-meter trot um, into our uh, our player, and they go through. Well. That's that's not you know separate. That's not continuing the ruck. 
you've separated from the ruck, you are still attached to a player, that's illegal. You know, that's you, you, you cannot go into contact already attached to a player. So, you know, that's for me, that's three tries that Ospreys have scored that they're not even 50 50 decisions. And that referee has gone, actually, yeah, that's fine, not even reviewed them. And when you know, everybody does their video review after the game. And I hope when Craig Evans does his video review after that game, and he should do it with someone like, you know, um, Nigel Owens or whatever, <clears throat> he sits and he goes, oh, I've balls this one up. And and that's what that's what's needed now. Ref, if he doesn't put his hand up and say, look, I've got some decisions wrong there and something doesn't happen to him, yeah, right? Remember Whitehouse and the Dragons game earlier in the year? Whitehouse got removed from refereeing. Whitehouse got put up in the TMO box, yeah, because of that game. So he didn't referee a game. I think he was refereeing um, premiership games, worst premiership games after that. Um, but anything in the URC, he was up in the box. He was TMO. I think this is, he's only just started coming back to refereeing games. So. If something similar doesn't happen to Craig Evans, you 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 look at, you start looking at who's referee in your game, yeah, and 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 that is not good for any referee anyway, because straight away you you you'll start getting more referee abuse and you'll start getting players taking the game into their own hands. And you saw that with some of the scarlets, um, you know. There were scuffles, there were this, that, and the other, because the referee wasn't refereeing rucks. The amount of offsides, and, and even on kicks, you know, the amount of offsides from both sides on kicks just wasn't refereed at all. So players start taking that into their own hands, and they go, right, well, if you're not going to, you know, stop them coming through on the floor, if you're not going to force them to come round the back uh, uh, in a ruck, and you're going to allow him to come in from the side, well, I'm going to go in from the side, and I'm going to take him out myself. And that's what started happening, and he lost control of so much of that game by the start of the second half. So I'm still livid. I'm still absolutely livid because he makes referees, um, he opens up other referees to um, abuse now. It really does. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we we're probably not going to see any sort of repercussions. You know, as you said with Ben Whitehouse, it was was an incident with him. He was think he ended up going out to New Zealand for the Women's World Cup as well, which part of uh, the not I just I just don't understand how they can be a, a step forward in the right direction. I know they recently brought in, you know, they they changed up the referee and assessments after games. Where instead of it only being, you know, WIU controls, WIU refs, et cetera, et cetera. I, I know it's under one one roof now, but it's still, you know, someone at the top the Nigel Owens is ours, he is still responsible for all the WIU refs. Mm. So yeah, there there is gonna be, you know, some things challenge, et cetera, but we are not gonna hear nothing about there and it's gonna be a slap on the wrist more than anything else. Just yeah. just because we we've got so few refs, there's this, you know, our our, uh, our progression systems for coaches and referees, we know when Wales is absolutely poor. Mm. So the ones that we got there, we're not going to willingly knock them back a step. But if if they're not going to do something about that, about his performance, then one, he's not going to improve. Yeah. So it, just just letting him carry on with the next game and going, oh, that wasn't great, but carry on. Yeah, that's not going to help him improve. It genuinely is. If if that was a player, yeah, and you've got a player that's making 10, 12 mistakes during a game, you you don't put them in the next game and go, okay, carry on, don't worry about it. Yeah, you you take that player back and you go, right, we've got some stuff to work on, so let's take you back to the Premiership and let's let's look at this. Yeah, let's work on your line out throw. Let's work on your out of hand kicking. Let's work on your defence or whatever. Yeah, but let's do it away from 
that limelight because he, if he now goes into the next game, every single decision he makes in that next game gets analysed to the nth degree. And it, it then builds. And it's like, if it had just been the red and the yellow card, then I, I could almost live with that, yeah, because to me that's, you know, he's given what he's seen and it's it should be the TMO that then intervenes and says, right, hang on, this this is an important decision. Let's let's look at it, yeah? So that didn't happen. But if it was just those two incidents, then, you know, I, I wouldn't be so annoyed. But there were things like, you know, there were rucks where the Ospreys player just standing on the side of the ruck sticks a boot to the ball. Yeah, so it's in the scarlet side. He comes in from the side of a ruck, sticks a boot to the ball. And fair enough, it ends up in a scarlet player hand. But that's still a scarlet player. Yeah. And it was, you know, so Ospreys are now attacking, you know, they're defending in an attacking way instead of Scarlet being ready to stick the ball down into the Ospreys 22 and things like that. So, you know, there was so much in that game that that referee got wrong that, you know, from his own development point of view, he needs to go away and, and, and think, hang on, this isn't the first time I've fucked up a Scarlet's game. So there's something inside him that's going, I don't like Scarlet's. Yeah? Gen- genuinely, and, uh, you know, without going into a lot of detail, I've sat around the table with him where we've had a bit of a laugh and a joke, and that's what he's kind of said. Yeah? And we, we all took it as a joke. This is a long time ago, don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, when I was refing, and he, he's it. It was all kind of a joke and a laugh and a joke and a, and and you don't you just think you know he's a professional referee. I didn't know at the time that he was a Swansea boy, but you know he said something along the lines of, you know, I've never never liked the Scarlets, yeah, and then then you take that what what I then took as a joke and you watch his performance against the Scarlets and you go, well, maybe he wasn't joking. You know, maybe maybe there's something inside him that goes, yeah, actually, I'm an Osprey and I just cannot bring myself to do that. If I was refereeing now, I would not accept a game where the Ospreys are playing because I know, you know, deep inside me, there's that Scarlet Ospreys kind of a, 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 a feeling. So you know, yeah, like Nigel Owens used to purposely be hard on, on, on the Scarlets to avoid people saying that he was in favour of the Scarlets because that's where he lived. So, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know what it's like at the minute, but I, I'm sure I can remember a time where at the start of every season, whenever you, you're re-signing up your referee or whatever, you had to name the team that you support so that you could be removed from any sort of... Oh, I can't even think of the word now. Just, just, being a, just removing bias. You've got to yeah. say, okay, this is where I'm from. This is my team. You know, yeah, I, so I'm not so going you, to you're, you're, you're not allowed to ref those teams. You're not allowed to ref any big decision in our league. End mm. of. But it just mm. it just doesn't seem to be there at the minute. And you, you can see it everywhere, not, yeah. not just in Wales. But it, it, the idea is, is that he's a professional referee, so he should be able to be independent. Yeah, he's still a human being. He's still, you know, he's still he still wants got... his team to win. Yeah. And, you know, with the best will in the world, that's twice he's done it against the Scarlets, where he's just given decisions that, you know, I've got, I've got Osprey's mates that are, are, are laughing at it and going, you know, I've got no idea why he gave that decision, mate. You know, with they'll take it because it's a win, you know. But when you're on the wrong side of it, for me, it just debases the, it debases the, the URC. Because I'm at the point now where if the WRU said, right, we're going down to three teams and the um, English Premiership said, right, there's room for somebody in the English Premiership, I'd go, let's go. It's it's that bad that I'd, I'd rather go and play in an English league that I can't stand the, the, the English league and the hype and the best league in the world and all of this bollocks, because it isn't, yeah. I would rather go and play in that league than continue to play with the refereeing standards that we have at the minute 
because at least you know in the English league the refereeing standard is actually very very good and that's that's how bad Craig Evans was in that game where and I, I'm not the only one doing it <laughs> saying you know if he's refereeing now in judgment day I'm not going Simple end of not going. Oh, any, hard to any, part for you anyway, isn't it? <laughs> but in, any game that he's refereeing in now, you know, we went through a period of well, if White House is refereeing, I'm oh, not yeah. going. Yeah, and I'm now in. Well, if Craig Evans, Craig Evans is going, is refereeing, I'm not going. That that when when the referee is the most influential factor in that game, you know, that's that's not you're not testing who plays rugby better, you're testing who does the referee like most. And that's what that that's what that game was on Boxing Day was who does the referee like the most. And and I think to come out of it the way we came out of it, you know, but when when they go and do the review, Scarlet's go and do the review of that game and they'll sit there and they'll go, you know, you you challenge players about what did we do here, what did we do there. And eighty percent of what we got wrong would be well. Actually, we got that right. You know, we we yeah. did turn that ball over. We we were coming from the the right side of the rock. We were competing in that rock correctly. They were, you know, if how do you then as a coach how do you then assess that game without going the referee got this wrong? Yeah, I mean, I I've tried watching the game back a couple more times, and I I can only see you. Two glaring errors from us, and it it, it, it involved the two tries. It involved Reese Webb's try with you know Tom Price's um, attempt to tackle on Webb. But Fafita got taken out before. No, I know the reason the gap was there was because Fafita got taken out. So yeah, I I know that's the reason, but obviously we we still look at you know what could we have done, how could we have you know stopped that because I I'd easily put three of their tries down to you know the fourteen man influence. If we try and take the referee decisions out of the game, and then they last they last try, I, I don't understand what quite happened, but it just seemed as though I think it was Kieran Williams. He just walked through Scott Williams. I, I'm really not sure what happened with that. I've tried looking at it, and I'm like, so all all I can see is Scott Williams sort of spinning in the air, and I'm like, what what mm. what's happened with there? But those are the only two areas which you know were majorly impactful that we could have probably done better. The rest of the game, I, you know, the, the boys defended their heart out. You're, you're 75 minutes playing 14 men, and you only conceded five tries. That that is, that, that is hell of a shift. Those boys defended their hearts out, and I I've got no complaints with how they they stood up and how they performed in that sort of adversity. Mm. Well, the, the there was a moment late in the second half where um, I think we dropped out. And Ethan Roots had a good 20-metre run. And he, he was coming at Josh McLeod full pelt. And McLeod just went nice and low, dislodged the ball and stuck him on his ass. And yeah. Ethan Roots is trying to go, yeah, yeah, I took it. Go, you didn't do anything, mate. You lost the ball. You've got one player who's been playing two positions the whole game. And at 60 minutes... He's put you on your ass, and you've and lost it was a, the ball. It was you know? the biggest tour. I, you know, it he, was Xbox. Oh, it is absolutely. It was perfect. I mean, you, you know, as a coach yourself, you you know that you see the body position, you see the head position, you see the shoulders, and then you know the things you always do with the kids, the ring of steel, and you can just see Ethan Root's legs just being squashed together and being put on his ass, and mm. it is textbook. It is perfect. It, if you wanted coach someone how to tackle that is a good video just plaster that up and go look at what he's doing look at his body position look how low he's getting his head position his shoulder position his arms wrapping and really squeezing everything Mm. about that tackle perfect so i've I've then got so on our, our social media channels um a couple of obviously non Scarlet supporters uh, have have uh, tried to wind us up 
and Shang let him carry on. Let let him, uh, you know, I'm just ignoring him. Um, but saying about Josh McLeod's trailing leg against um, uh, the winger. What's the oh. really slow winger? Um, the one that got caught by Fafita. He got caught by he got chased down Morgan. by Fafita, and then he got chased down by McLeod, and then he tried to step McLeod. So anyway, yeah, he stepped inside McLeod, <clears throat> and McLeod tries to adjust Catch position. Him. Yeah, um, and he goes into McLeod's leg, but yeah, that's not a that's not a yellow Trip, card. No, because no, I lo- I watched that back, and I honestly thought McLeod had broken his leg. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see some sort of fracture in it. Even I know he continued on for a few minutes, but the way his leg bent, just watching mm. it around, I honestly thought that he broke his leg the way he was right, the way he mm. was on the floor as well. I'm, I'm really not hopeful for a positive outcome with no. McLeod. I, I think he's done Especially some on pretty big the, damage for there. And the same knee that he's damaged a couple of times now, isn't it? And yeah, it's and the. You know, I've seen um, Osprey supporters, you know, trying to take the piss and know oh, he's hurt his knee and this, that, and the other. McLeod had more turnovers than uh, Jack Morgan did in that game. Yeah, Jack Morgan gets man of the match. McLeod put the work rate in of two players. He turned over more balls. I'm not sure how many times. I haven't seen the stats on how many tackles he made, but he had more turnovers than. Jack Morgan. Jack Morgan had one turnover and that was right at the very end of the game whereas McLeod was turning Ospreys over throughout the game and so to turn around and say that Jack Morgan was a better open side um, is is wrong. So yeah, uh, yeah I thought McLeod had a, a, a really good game um, especially playing two positions and it was hard to see you know, it's hard to say anybody else had a good game because anytime anybody touched the ball, they were getting pinged. And it knocks your confidence really early in the game. When you're like that really early in the game, you know, it's it knocks your confidence going forward. And if if Ospreys think that that was a... I think this is the bit that disappoints me most about, you know, Welsh supporters in general now, right? That it's gone to this kind of like... Um, almost football kind of reaction to stuff. Within, they're not actually looking at what's there. I turn the commentators off when I'm when I'm uh, watching a game now, and then I, I'll put them back on when I'm re-watching the game. And if you watch a game without the commentators, your opinion of that game is so different from the commentators. So so different. And then you see things on social media where they're just repeating what the commentator said. Yeah, so. There was there was an incident in that game where we were attacking under their posts. Yes, the one where we got held up over the line. Yeah, where Reese Webb has got Elias by the neck. Yeah, so Elias has got the ball. He's he's handed it back, but Reese Webb has got him by the neck and he's pulling him up like this. Yeah, Reese Webb then steps out of the of the the ruck. Yeah, because Elias has a little bit of a chat with. Him. So that should have been a, a penalty to us under the posts anyway. Yeah. So Elias then takes Webb out of the ruck and they have a little chat off to the side. And I I think it's Kieran Williams or somebody holds holds a ball up over and over the line. And the commentators are going, that's a brilliant how Reese Webb has got under the ball then. Reese Webb was five meters away from the ruck. Yeah. And the commentators are going, What a brilliant hold hold up there by Reese Webb. One, he had him by the neck, that should have been a penalty, and two he wasn't in the ruck when it went over the over the line, yeah. So, and that's why I, I I don't listen to commentators now. I look at what's happening on the pitch, and I look at you know, I, I will switch the commentary on if there's something there that you can't see on camera or you can't work out or or something, and you'll see if there's there's something happening that you're you're not aware of, yeah. And we've lost that ability as supporters to assess that game for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, I, I, I think, I, I just think 90% of that game was out of our hands <laughs> and it's going to live hard in the memories of these boys 
which it, it is not fair. I, I, I know the European games are a diff, diff, bit different, different standard. You know, you know, Cheetah's only playing, what, like three or four games coming into that match. But we, we were on a nice positive upturn, a couple of good performances in South Africa, good couple of wins. And it's as though everything has been drained out of us with that and none of it was our own doing. No, no. And it, it's, it's just we're going to be... It's, it's going to be hard now because if we look at the fallout from this game, that has ended our URC season. There, hmm. there, there's no ifs, no buts. We can only get you know 49 points now and that's if we take five points in every single game for the hmm. rest of the season. And eighth place last year was 50 points. So, you know, even if we max out, we're still falling a point shy of, you know, the, the top eight. So that's done and dusted. You know, we've only got Europe as our main focus now. So it it's there's so, so many... Uh... But, you know, you, you look at decisions in the, the first Ospreys game. You know, there were decisions in that game that cost us the game. There were decisions in the Ulster game that cost us that game. Yeah. So you know, it's it's not like, you know, I want to. Yeah. There's, there's people calling for Dwayne Peel to go and this, that, and the other. They, they're not Scarlet supporters. Because, do you know what? If you're a Scarlet supporter, you go and look at that game and you go, right, let's actually look at what's happening in that game. And, it's not, you know, yeah, we're not where we want to be. Obviously, we're not. But no. at the same time, you know, I think you've got to look at what's happened around us and go, okay, we're actually better than what that that table shows. And, and what I hope happens now after after that game is we start to develop a real kind of... Um, uh, defend the castle kind of mentality, yeah. Where you go right, okay. The world is against us, yeah. You want you want to bill us as the bad boys. We'll show you what the bad boys do, yeah. It's a bit like um, uh, so. If you follow NFL, the LA Raiders back in the late eighties, nineties, early nineties, yeah, were just <laughs> well, they they people started giving them a reputation of um, the bad boys. Yeah, they they were. And they were having players banned left, right, and centre, and they were aggressive. But what they did was they attracted some really, really big players. They recruited the big players, the players who were nasty, the players who had an edge to them, the players who would, you know, say so they recruited a load of players who would enforce the rules themselves. Yeah, and it, and it developed a big kind of following of of people who, um. Yeah, we're we're on the side of the underdog, yeah, and and they improved because of it, and I can see us doing that. I can see us just going right. Okay, if you want to treat us like that, you treat us like that, yeah, and we we will look after our own, and we will make sure that we develop players who actually just, you know, if, if you're coming in at the side of the rock, well then you're going back with a set of broken ribs, yeah. It's as simple Basically. as that. Yeah, we will bring back rocking without cameras. <laughs> but uh, you know, the whole point of bringing in the the TMO was to make sure the decisions got made correctly, and it wasn't about oh let's keep the game the game going. It was to make sure that um, decisions were made correctly. And now we're so scared of taking time to make that decision correctly that there's almost no point in having a TMO there. Yeah, so that's where enforcers come back into the game, and you go right if you're going to come on the side of a rock. I'm I'm going to send you background. I'm going to enforce the rules, yeah, and that's how we're going to do it. If you're going to come and try and collapse my line out, then I'm going to make sure when you're on the floor, you know that that's not acceptable, yeah, and and that's where we'll get to, and I think we'll be a better team for it. I think coming out of that game, I think the Cardiff game now, they'll be your know, Cardiff were lucky against Newport. Well, they had White House referee in. So, you know, uh, the Dragons should have won that game. They should have had that game wrapped up before the last 10 minutes, um, as far as I can see. But, um, again, it depends on who's ref in that Cardiff game, because if it's Craig Evans, 
well, <laughs> you know, um, I don't. I think if it, if Craig Evans gets named as the referee in that game, Scarlet should be quite in their rights to go. No, we I'm not playing. Yeah, I, I was. You know, I I've seen look I know many times in my life, but you know, when that when William decision came, I I've seen captains and people at that point when you see something that badly biased from from again there i i take their team and you know i i was thinking my mind at that that point because i you saw the match like mm. you see it and then the play went on for a little bit and i was thinking he's not looking at this he's not looking at this and you know i thought you know if he you know i know they're professionals and whatnot if he decides to go and tell his boys we're going off the pitch i'd have no fault with him whatsoever yeah yeah exactly and and I think until somebody stands up and says, actually, this is not acceptable, the standard of referee and the standard of TMOs is not acceptable in this league. Until somebody stands up and says that I, and gets a bit of a, you know, a bollocking for it, because they will. You look at Ronan O'Gara in um, Pro 14, you know, and he's absolutely <laughs> behind his side, but he is, though, isn't he? He's... You know, he's absolutely 100% behind his players. Oh, and he'll call out a ref- Yeah, but what's happening is, is they're, they're looking at referees now and going, actually, have they got a, has he got a point? Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody to stand up and go, you know, I'm, we're, we're going to call this out, you know. So in the interview after the game, send someone like Emmy Phillips in and say, right, okay, go slag the ref off. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a ban for this. Yeah, you're gonna get a ban, so you're gonna be off the the sidelines for six games or whatever. But go and do that for us and take one for the team. Yeah, and and just go right, okay, and and start rotating it that way because somebody's got to do something because you know. If it, if we carry on, then people lose their jobs. You know, that's you know within the Scarlets, people start losing their jobs. We we know we're going to shrink the squad size next year, and if performances continue the way they are, you know, on paper, then it becomes very difficult to say, yeah, we're going to stick with that current format of of coaches. Whereas actually. We played some really good rugby. When we get refereed correctly, when we get refereed fairly, we actually play some really good rugby. And that game against the Ospreys should have been a really competitive game. But the referee stopped that after three minutes. And then he made sure of it after five. And, you know, how you, you just can't assess that game without considering the effect of the referee. So, and, you know... I mean, well, we've taken two, if I want, I want to get this right. I think we've taken eight losses, you know, this season, and I, I can honestly say that you know, four or five of them, you know, it, it could have very well gone the other way easily, and you know, what the the entire season changes, and a couple of them are the ref, a couple of them are our own doing, but at, at the same time, you know, when you said there's people calling for Peely's head, and you're just like, you know, he. I, I, I hate using the word inexperience. I'm going to use the word young. He's a young head coach. He's learning as a head coach. Mm. If you don't give someone time, which obviously is a, is a football thing at the minute, you know, it's always mm. been a football thing. You, you know, you've got three months, otherwise we're sacking out. Mm. Now, if you don't give a, a head coach three, four years, you're not going to see any improvement. This is still, I've said it many times, this still isn't Dwayne Peel's team. He is, mm. this is still very much Glenn Delaney's side. Mm. Yeah. Peel is doing whatever he can to to make it work, you know. Mm. And if you take all the outside influences, you take the COVID influences, you take the the WRU bloody money agreements. Mm. They, they're still even next year. It's still not going to be Dwayne Sorry, because he's not going to be able to recruit anyone now. No, we 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 basically uh, we we know we got an agent squad. We know we need to replenish a lot. You know, there's no taking away from that. We know the job that we've got on our hands. We know we're in a transition phase and it's going to be a while. But to, for people to come out and call for a head coach's head, when you, at physic, when you look at everything he's got up against him, 
it 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 does boggle my mind a bit. Did you live in the real world? There is literally. It doesn't matter if you think Gatlin's the best coach in the world or Sean Edwards. It doesn't matter if they come in. They're not going to improve anything. No. You can't you can't improve on something without making change, and you can't make change when you physically can't make change. Yeah, and to be fair to him, you know, we're playing much better rugby now than we were last season. Um, yeah, we we've said. It's about consistency and this, that, and the other. But then you look at who we got injured, you know. So Samson Lee, um, Wynn Jones in the front row. We've got um, so Joe Roberts is on his way back from injury. I think he played for Connectly against Swansea. Yeah, he's he's uh, been in the Connectly uh, lineup for a couple of weeks. I, I think uh, Boxing mm. Day was the first time you know a game wasn't called off for him. Mm. So you know it's it's good to see him back. Um, if we look at our injury list right now, we got Tom Rogers, who we've got no idea about. You know, mm. we we haven't really been told the extent of his injury. Um, Johnny Williams is due back for these games, so mm-hmm. you know where, where he's at. Jack Price is another one who uh, we, are, we even when he's been fit, we haven't seen a lot of him, which has been quite a surprise for me. Mm. But we don't know anything about him. Um, Harry O'Connor, he's he has been probably yeah, one of our best really. players. The season, but he broke his hand against the Stormers, and that's a three, three to six week injury, and it's coming up to five weeks now. So uh, we could potentially see him, and you know, uh, Win Jones. I, I don't know what the issue with Win Jones is. It's, it's very much, it's very much the same as Ken Owens last year. You know, mm. he, we didn't really have an idea of what the injury was, and then he spent about a, a, an age out. Mm. Well, it's something to do with his leg because his leg was in plaster. So, uh, whether it was a knee or a bone or something, but yeah, and and Samson Lee the same. Just we we know Samson. We know Samson's out for a while. We know we're not seeing him this season. Uh, ho- hopefully, you know he he'll you know be involved in um, some sort of preseason because from what I have seen, because of the World Cup, the URC season isn't going to be starting in the semi final weekend. So there's not going to be any fixtures for the entire of September and half of October. So it's going to be, you know, I, obviously that needs con- confirming. Mm. But from what I've seen, that, that's, you know, that's a, a good six to eight weeks of a season. Mm. You know, the, we're starting late. So it, it's yeah. going to be really hard to really... Hope, hopefully it'll do good on the injury front. They'll have, you know, boys have a nice big break and then a nice uh, big pre-season. But at the same time, if you're thinking when the season's not starting until the middle of October, it's, mm. it's, yeah, it's a brand new the end of the season further out again, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just think, it, you know, some of the injuries that we've got are just such long-term injuries that it is it is hard to, to, to see how we can build a squad when we've got that many people out injured. Um, when our main loose head and our main tight dead are injured, and it, they no that that is the cornerstone of your forwards. If you can't build a good scrum, I I know Harry O'Connor has been awesome this season. Stefan Thomas and uh, Kemsley Matthias have both stood up really well, mm. but they're not British Lion class as in Win Jones. Then you know Harry O'Connor, he, he probably will get to the level of Samson Lee. Uh, you know, he, he's still a kid himself, and and yeah. for me, he he's already ahead of Will Griff and Javon Sebastian, and he should have been capped a few times because Sam Wainwright is obviously not showing anything in training because he's not even be considered he's not these even games. The, yeah, I, and and that's the bit that kind of flummoxed me. You know, I was I was very supportive of him coming in. You know, there's there's obviously something about him. You know, because it was a WIU decision. Yeah, it was hundred percent a WIU decision to keep him for that Australia game, which he did nothing in. Yeah, and uh, that's why you kind of you hope. I mean, I think Will Griff John has actually started to show a little bit of the promise that was there, but it's 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 almost it's not enough right no, now. I mean, we... he he went off the pitch around twenty five minutes, and I can't for the life of me find out why. I know mm. he was bleeding from the top of his head, but I mm. I, I can't find out why he went off. Yeah. Like I can't hear in any match report or you know going through the Scarlet's tweets or anything when the sub was made and it, there's just no information on why he went off. Yeah. Was it was it a point of we were really, I know we were struggling in the scrum, 
but was it a point of you know we were thinking it was Will Grip's fault because you know Nick, yeah. Nicky Smith they spent the whole day going at a forty five degree angle. Yeah, but, you know, and I saw. I mean, I think he he started to to kind of show what he can do, particularly in the loose. He's he's really started to up his game, but I mean the Scarlets have got a good academy system in place, but. It's whether or not we bring those players through at a sufficient enough level. But what I am liking this year is the amount of players who are not involved in the matchday squad who are getting game time with Knetley and Kamarthin and Clan Dubry. Not so much Clan Dubry. It seems like we have kind of... I think yesterday, Reese is the only one involved with Clan Dubry, isn't he? Oh, I didn't realise he was a... Um... I think he's the only one. Right. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, but at least we're doing something, you know, and compare that to the last couple of seasons where players would maybe be without a game for like four or five weeks if they weren't involved in the match day squad. Um, so I think that's kind of building the experience in the squad a lot better than it has been in the past. And fingers <coughs> crossed, you know, it will take time for us to see the benefit of it. But we will see the benefit of it. So yeah, and you know, uh, a positive from the game, we got to see Carwin to a Palotto, you know, come on the pitch again for the first time this season, which is, you know, obviously, it, it's a good thing all round. He, he he was looking pretty good at the end of last season, and you know, a, a, another positive is Sam Lousy. You know, he was only pulled out because, you know, he birthed his second child, so congratulations yeah. you know, to, it, to him and his partner, Sina. I hope I pronounced that right. But, uh, you know... Is that, that the name, is it? it no, oh, that's yeah. his partner's name. I don't know oh, what the name right. is. Oh, right, I was going to say. Because all this always, um, they've had a baby, and you're like, oh, that's nice, you know, Christmas time and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, didn't uh, didn't really see much more than that. So No, that, that's exactly the same. All I've got is Sam Lowe, and partner, Cena, welcome to set the birth of their second child. Mm. So, you know, congratulations to yeah, him. But, yeah, you lost that in the Dragons game. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the Dragons game then. Let's... Let's assume that we get a decent referee, um, not Craig Evans and not Ben Whitehouse. Let's assume that it's a decent referee. Um, what are your expectations for for that game? My expectations have, have now massively changed. I mean, like I said earlier, the league is now over. So our, our focus has got to be on, you know, Europe, building our style of play and, you know, working on who's going to be around next season. So uh, I, I'm expecting a few changes. I, I, I am expecting that we're, we're going to switch up as, as much as we can to to really solidify a, a, a nice core of, let's say, 10, 12 players who are going to be here for the next two, three years. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a, a nice spine for the rest of the season. At least that's what I, I would personally do. I would be looking at, this is my squad. This is what my squad is going forward. I'm going to be using the, the players who are, you know, next season and season after, if, you know, they're contracted that far. And I'm going to be, you know, bringing my youngsters in around who bring in the likes of the Eddie James, the Joe Roberts, you know, he, even, uh, I, I don't know if he's quite ready, but with Carla Williams' injury, there's this uh, young kid in the under 18, this Yolo Griffiths who could be drafted <laughs> in, you never know. <laughs> No, God, no. Oh, my God, I'd never... <laughs> his head wouldn't be able to get through a door, mate. He, uh... Oh, no, I, I listened last week and, he, you know, we perked up a bit when he said he'd been name-dropped, no? <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I, I can see... I, well, I'm hoping to see a lot more younger players be given a good run of four or five games now. Well, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping someone like you and Shenton can start coming through um, in the back row. Dan Davis had a, a good couple of games. So if we've got Dan Davis, you and Shenton, two below two, uh, come in as a back row. You know, you need players like Callum Ofomney and um Bousy Fafita to to give them a bit of solidity. But those three as a as a back row going forward, um, especially if you know, we're expecting McLeod to be out injured for a while. Um so I I think that's a good balanced kind of 
back row Shinton can play left and right anyway open and 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 blind um so yeah you know when we talk about let's build for the future i'd i'd say we need to target the dragons game i'd say we target the dragons game and definitely the cardiff game you know and then so that we we are going into europe and and going right this is you know we're we're on a a bit of a roll if you like but i, I yeah for me I'd say the Dragons game is a must win now. It's it's a must win. Just just no, be, uh, from the, the confidence more than anything. Cause... I mean, there's no reason why we can't win every game to the end of the season. I think the most difficult game we've got left is Munster away, but I think that's due in the six stations. Hmm. So there's no reason, like I'm not going to say we're going to sit here and we're going to get five pointers every single game, but there's no reason why we can't get a, a good six, seven, eight victories out of the league. Hmm. We're definitely capable. We've got the side to do it. You know, it, it, that side is there, provided the referee was, you know, fair and even. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I can see the Dragons game being one almighty backlash um, for, from us. I, I think the, the Dragons have kind of given everything they can in that Cardiff game. We'll, we'll be feeling quite deflated because... They they kind of they did enough to win that game. They should have won that game, and and they'll be quite disappointed and quite down. Whereas I think our players will be quite angry and quite uh, wound up. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a I, different reaction. I think there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of an added effect, you know, knowing that uh, Di Flans is now their head coach. I think there's going to be a bit of a, uh, mm. a, a a bit a bit of a salt to rub in. You know, you you were ours, you know, when you 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 pissed off. No, we're mm. going to show you you made a bad choice. Mm. So, yeah. So, what's what's your what's your prediction then for the for the Dragons game? What's uh, what's your score prediction for that one then? My score prediction is I I'm not going to go for a for a heavy scoreline. I think I think we are going to win. I think it's going to be somewhere around you know twenty five eighteen single score game. But I think it's going to be a really big physical tussle I think we are just going to look to basically dominate physically absolutely everything we can every single collision every single tackle we put everything into it and just to, that sort of reaction not we're going to play champagne rugby we're going to run yeah. rings around you I think we're going to be, try and beat the shit out of them yeah me too I give be something like 6-3 and uh, and if we come out of it 6-3 uh, or even 3-0 with a penalty on 80 minutes to be honest, uh, I'd, I'd take that just because we need that confidence to go and say, right, okay, there's there's another win chalked up. Um, so I think winning is everything in this game now. And, and yeah, there's a style of play that we need to do. But like I was saying last week with the under-18s, you know, the under-18s last week were still trying to maintain playing a, a high-skill you know, offloads and this, that, and the other. When it was absolutely chucking it down and blowing a gale, whereas Cardiff just every time they had the ball, they hoofed it fifty meters down the pitch. You know, so there needs to be a little bit of um, of leadership on the pitch, and we go. Do you know what? Let's let's just take a step back and win this game. And if that means we've got to just do driving lineouts constantly, then let's do that because. That's it's more important to to win this game than it is to play wild, exciting, fantastic rugby at the minute. Would be my thought, anyway. Yeah, so, well, being as though you brought up the under 18s we're not. There's not going to be another podcast before uh, before their next game. So as we are hosting the Dragons on New Year's Day, they are hosting the Dragons on the fourth at the park fourth. as well, I believe. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So. Yeah. Uh, Let's get let's get a big crowd for that game as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I know the boys are training um, through this week and and through next week. And in all honesty, uh, you know, like I said last week, they they did look good. The handling was good. The fence was better. Um, they just got kicked all over the park by by Cardiff. It, it was, you know, we we didn't play the conditions as well as Cardiff did. You know, we we were trying to play fancy handling, knocking the ball on Cardiff, and we were beating Cardiff in the scrum, but they were securing their ball. 
and then hoof it 50 metres down the pitch. Uh, then we'd try and play the fancy hand, then we'd knock it on, same same th- sort of a thing. So if we can learn from that, you know, I think those, a lot of the Dragons boys were there watching that game in Cardiff because, um, you know, they, they all know each other and what have you. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I think it should be two decent wins uh, uh, against the Dragons at the park in the space of yeah. a week. Um, yeah. So Friday afternoon for seniors, Monday evening for the under 18s. Is that what it is? Of course, yes. It's first and we're oh. playing on the first, and we and then the fourth. Oh my god! I got to re I got to readjust my diary now, mate, because. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's I a new a, year, it's a new diary. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, when's the fourth? Fourth is Wednesday. It's a Wednesday? Yeah. Really? Yeah, first is a Sunday. Fourth is a Wednesday. Oh, yeah, you're panicking me now, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we're playing on the fourth. Oh my god. I, I, I When I saw the first and the fourth, I'm thinking it's got to be a Friday, Monday. It's got to be. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> My apologies anyway, to everyone else. <laughs> panicking the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, good lord! Right on that note, my friend, we will catch up and do this again next week after the Dragons game. Um, hopefully, we can talk rugby. Hopefully, we can we can have a game where we can just talk about the rugby and what goes on on the pitch, which would be nice. It would be a nice way of uh, uh, Starting doing the year. it. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. Hopefully we'll have a bit of local rugby to talk about as well. Yeah, well, there's no games, is it? There was the the only game uh, uh, in the league was Haverford West and Langham. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't. Let's not check talk the about score. the score. Let's don't talk about the score. <laughs> I didn't check the score. I didn't see it. I didn't see what it was. You you don't want to know sixty six five. Um, to Haverford West, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it was. That's that's the hell of a beat But no, we'll have a prediction next week. You know, the, the games are back on the set. Yeah, we'll we'll do a proper so, job next know, week. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to talk about it. It'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully less bits in the morning. Yeah. Right, well, have a good New Year, my friend. I shall probably you, see you at the park on New Year's Day. Um, I'm planning on making it. Um but it does depend on the referee and the weather. But, um, yeah, I should be there on New Year's Day, so hopefully we'll have a a, a bit of a catch-up before the game anyway. Um, and if not, I shall catch up with you next week. See you All there. the best, Mark. Cheers, mate. And to you. Robert. Good night, You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.